The Boston Bruins were outplayed and outworked by the Calgary Flames in a 4-1 loss on Tuesday. But did they deserve to get booed? Maybe in the context of this one game, but not based on their performance all season long. Let's get into it on a brand new episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, February 7th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your daily routine, free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. So the Bruins came out of the All-Star break with a bit of a stinker last night, losing 4-1 at the hands of the Calgary Flames. We're going to talk about the game where they stand at this point, if they should make some changes based on a mailbag question I got. But first, a quick reminder, you can find the podcast on social media at LockedNHLBruins. All right, so Boston Bruins, as I move Bessie here, coming off like nine days off, a beach vacation. They did have a couple of days of practice in advance of this game against the Flames a team that had traded Elias Lindholm, added Andre Kuzmenko, who scored his first goal for the Flames in this one. And the Bruins were pretty much outplayed all night long. And Nazem Kadri, our old friend from his days back with the Maple Leafs, said, it takes a pack of hyenas to take down a lion. That's the type of mentality that the Flames are playing with right now, playing as a team, everyone chipping in. When they do that, they can accomplish great things. And beating the Boston Bruins by score of 4-1 to in Boston, that is a pretty big thing to accomplish at the moment. Jim Montgomery, Bruins head coach, said he just didn't think they were good, straight up. The effort was poor. Obviously. As a coaching staff, you look inward and you look at the preparation. You always think as a coach, preparation was good, but obviously it wasn't good enough. There were a lot of mental mistakes, a lot of physical mistakes, and that's the lack of preparation individually and collectively. Kuzmenko, I mentioned, gave the Flames a 1-0 lead with a power play goal just 4-20 into the first period. Uh, The goal came just after Jacob Markstrom, who I talked about yesterday, could steal a game for the Flames. He stopped uh, Brandon, sorry, Charlie Coyle on a short-handed breakaway. And Flames coach Ryan Huska said that's a turning point for sure. And then the power play for the Flames comes out, gets two goals, really positive for them. They were up 2-0 thanks to a Connor Zari goal. Zaka Pavel did cut it to 2-1. On a 5-on-3 power play. 
And it looked like the Bruins were maybe getting some momentum. But then very shortly after, Jonathan Huberto stole the puck from Charlie McAvoy and shot it past Jeremy Swayman in a four-on-four situation to make it 3-1. And then the Flames were able to bury it from there. The Flames played better defensively. They, yeah, just worked harder, smarter, and they were coming out of the break too. They had some roster turnover. They were rusty in some areas, according to defenseman Noah Hannafin, but they played a more complete game at both ends of the ice. Uh, Flames forward Martin Pospisil received a five-minute major in a game misconduct for cross-checking Brad Marchand. The response or lack of to that kind of set the tone for the night. Nobody really came to Marshawn's defense. I'm not saying you have to to fight somebody every time there's an egregious act on the ice. I'm not looking for the game to devolve into chaos, but someone's got to step up and flatten that guy. If you're going to cross-check your captain in the face. and that just kind of showed you where the Bruins were at last night. They didn't really have that fire. They didn't have uh, the passion. They just lacked something, whether or not it was just rust from the break coming in after. Yeah, a bunch of guys were away. Uh, Pasternak and Swayman had a busy weekend in Toronto. Uh, But Jonathan Huberto stepped up. Nazem Kadri stepped up. They had three points apiece. Uh, whereas the Bruins could only muster one goal from Zaka, assisted by Charlie Coyle and uh, David Posternock. This game got chippy at times, like I mentioned. Uh, Martin Pospisil cross-checked Brad Marchand. Marchand, at the same time, was called for slashing on Jacob Markstrom. But there were no other penalties other than Pospisil getting the game misconduct on that. You would have liked to have seen a Bruin come in, step in, and uh, take some action there. And that didn't happen. The Bruins just lacked passion. Brad Marchand, after the game, said, you know, the Bruins just did not have it for whatever reason. It's up to him to help lead the troops, help guide the troops. But when he's getting bloodied out there, there's no physical pushback it's kind of distressing for everyone. Uh, Jim Montgomery said Calgary was physical. The Bruins did not respond in kind. And that's not typical of Boston Bruins hockey. Charlie McAvoy said they were extremely physical after the whistle. We didn't try to match that enough. Brad Marshall said they played hard. They were getting into a lot after the whistles. They're running around. We definitely didn't push back enough the way we needed to elevate to their level. That lack of physicality, plus Bruins' penalty kill that allowed two goals. That was the difference in in this game. Um, Marshawn said they had two good days of practice. Not really sure what kind of happened tonight, but they have to learn from it. They do have a really good team coming in next game in the Vancouver Canucks, and they need to get ready for that one. Overall, yeah, the Bruins just did not have it. That's that's the end story. 
They were outshot. They were outworked. Scoring chances were in Calgary's favor in all situations. Shots were in their favor. Scoring chances. Everything was going their way, and Jacob Markstrom came up with a solid game in net for them. Now, was it a boo-worthy performance? Should the Bruins have been booed off the ice as they were last night? I'm not willing to go that far. I don't think if I had been in attendance that I would have booed. Yes, it's a it's a bad game, but we'll get into the context and the overall factor here in terms of should or should not they have been booed following last night's game here as the podcast continues. It is Super Bowl week, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting the best seats on the couch, grabbing some chips, a couple pops, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with the W, or maybe even two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you so much once again, friends, for making Lockdown Bruins part of your daily routine, free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. All you have to do, open up your app, go to Lockdown Boston Bruins, and smash that subscribe button. You can also check out Lockdown Sports Today, which is the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube for sports. We got you covered for the top sports stories of the day with our local hosts and our National shows covering every league. Check out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever national sports streaming show 24-7. All right, I put out a call from uh, social media accounts for some mailbag questions. I got one from LandonLandon28 on Instagram, and it kind of ties into storyline from last night, which is... Should the Bruins have been booed off the ice? Yes, it was a poor performance, but the first part of Landon's question was thoughts on the Bruins so far. And big picture, the Bruins have exceeded all expectations so far this season. Despite the loss last night, they remain first in the Eastern Conference with a five-point cushion. They have a home record of 16-5-3. They're 7-2-1 over their last 10 games. And they have a plus 42 goal differential, which is 12 higher than the second place Florida Panthers, 22 higher than the third place New York Rangers. They are legit one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. You could make an argument that Florida is the biggest challenger. Uh, The Rangers, Hurricanes, also strong. But in a wide open Eastern Conference, the Bruins have as good of a chance as anybody. So, yeah, if you were in attendance last night, I can understand 
having spent some of your hard-earned money and getting a bit of a dog of a performance, you see the the Flames, pack of hyenas, taking down the lion that is the Boston Bruins. But the fact that Nazem Kadri said that shows you how much they respect the Bruins and how much people around the league see and are impressed by what they've been able to accomplish so far this season. They finished first overall last year with a and set NHL records for points, wins, President's Trophy domination. Everybody and their father, their mother, their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, their step cousins, their dogs, their cats, everybody expected this team to take one, two, three, four, five steps back this season. There is nobody in the world who expected the Bruins to be in first place in the Atlantic by five points, 50 games into the season. Nobody. So yeah, you can boo them for that performance last night, I guess. I understand it. I would have been disappointed for sure to spend harder money and get that kind of performance. When you go to the Garden, you expect the Bruins to get physical. You expect them to light the lamp. Uh, You expect a win. Let's be honest. Didn't get that last night. Yeah, frustration. But to boo one of the best teams in the NHL off the ice, uh, it doesn't really track with how they have performed so far this season. Brad Marchand said it was a, a learning experience. They know they have a tough opponent coming up in Vancouver on Thursday. The Canucks. Uh, one last night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Newcomer Elias Lindholm scoring two goals in that one. You know they're going to be fired up for this showdown. Two points separate the Bruins and Canucks in the standings. The Canucks can either get a four-point cushion in the race for the President's Trophy, or the Bruins can tie things up once again in terms of points and point percentage. It's a big opportunity for the Bruins. And again, I can't stress enough how much they have exceeded expectations. I was coming into this season expecting to talk about maybe not more losses than wins, but certainly more losses than last year. Patrice Bergeron, retired. David Krejci, retired. All the additions they made prior to the trade deadline, gone. Garden Hathaway, Tyler Bertuzzi. Dmitry Orlov. You are running it back with James Van Riemsdyk, Kevin Shattenkirk. You're relying on a 19-year-old rookie in Matt Potra to help fill some holes, although he is banged up, did not play last night. Some concerns about his health, whether or not he's hit a rookie wall, whether or not he could be sent back to Guelph even before his 40th game. Are they just delaying that closer to the trade deadline? I kind of think so. But overall, my thoughts on the Bruins so far, exceeding my wildest expectations for this team. Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle is your top two centers. Yes, when you have a goaltending tandem like they do, even though Jeremy Swayman did not look super sharp last night, outplayed by Jacob Markstrom at the other end of the ice. When you have those two in net, when you have... Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm on the blue line. When you have an elite forward in David Pasternak, you have the pieces there to build around. 
So we shouldn't be like super surprised, but it still is surprising that the Bruins are even close to first place in the Eastern Conference, let alone the NHL as a whole. To be challenging for the President's Trophy once again, yeah, you can say, who who gives a about the President's Trophy? It's all about the playoffs. Win a round, win two rounds, win three rounds, win the cup. That's all that matters. Well, no, it, it isn't all that matters. If that was all that matters, then 97% of my hockey-loving life has been for naught. Regular season success still matters. It still means something. The journey is as important, if not more, than the destination. The Bruins have exceeded all expectations so far. And I personally wouldn't have booed them off the ice last night. I can see the frustration and why that came up. But overall, my thoughts on the Bruins so far are like, come on. Enjoy this. This is fun there could be darker days ahead there have been certainly darker days in the past and uh just enjoying the ride it's not a perfect hockey club there's no such thing as a perfect hockey club they're not guaranteed anything but they're still much better than we thought and that has to count for something should they make some changes that's the second part of uh landon's question and we'll discuss that here as the podcast continues if you're hiring in 2024 then there's no better place to seek out the best possible candidates than indeed indeed is the best hiring platform because they have over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the best quality matches compared to other job sites. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast on LockedOn Boston Bruins. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions do apply, but if you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. All right, we are just about a month away from the NHL trade deadline. It's set for March 8th, I believe. And the question is, will the Bruins stand pat or will they make some moves prior to uh, the trade deadline? There's a lot of trade deadline content out there. Every team's trade deadline um, wish list was posted by the Bleacher Report. Center help was on their list, although they do have some center depth at the moment. One guy that was mentioned was Adam Henrique of the Anaheim Ducks. That's a possibility. I still think the biggest need is on the wings. A scoring winger for the Boston Bruins. They have the depth down the middle. They've shown that. And 
they played without Bergeron and Krejci at times during the playoffs last season. Remember, without Bergeron, the Bruins went three and one against the Florida Panthers. Obviously, they could still use him. Right now, they have Coyle, Zaka, Morgan Geeky, and Jesper Bokvist down the middle. Matt Potra can step back in. John Beecher might be recalled. They could maybe use James Van Riemsdyk replacement in the top six. Perhaps he's better suited on, on the third line to give him a bit more breathing room and help him to focus more on the on the power play work, perhaps. If they could add a scoring winger, I think they'd be they'd be pretty set. I mean, not a perfect roster by any stretch, but still, that would be an improvement for this team. An Anthony Duclair, I would love, love, love for them to be able to pull off a deal for Jonathan Marchessault, last year's Conn Smythe Trophy winner for Bruce Cassidy in the Vegas Golden Knights. He could be heading towards a split with Vegas if they can't sign him to a contract extension. If they, they did beat Edmonton last night to break their... 16 game winning streak. They're still in the thick of it in the Western Conference, second in the Pacific. Could be destined for a first round matchup with Edmonton. Do they go all in or, or do they sell? The Bruins could be in a seller position as well. They have Derek Forbort, Matt Grizzlick as impending unrestricted free agents. They don't have a lot of draft picks, prospects. So it's conceivable that with how Parker Witherspoon stepped up that they could trade one of those guys to recoup some prospects or picks and still be in a good position to compete in the playoffs. Forboard especially, I think we could subtract and still be okay, if not even better. Should they make changes? Well, there is an argument to be made that maybe they did too much last year. Maybe they disrupted the chemistry a bit too much and when everybody was healthy it was hard for some guys to know kind of their role or or know their place within the team's ecosystem so there's an argument to be made that you know don't rock the boat too much you have a winning recipe going on at the moment don't need to add in some spice because Maybe it gets too hot and things backfire. Or, you know, Don Sweeney, one of the strengths of his GM tenure has been trading. And he's always somehow been able to work out some deals, get some guys who have been part of the long-term solution as well. Charlie Coyle, Hampus Lindholm, Taylor Hall before them. Obviously, he has since been traded. But if they can find that kind of deal or, you know, they can't get into the weeds in terms of what we saw the trade for Elias Lindholm, even for Sean Monaghan recently at a first round pick. They can't do those kinds of things. But if they could trade a a flip, I don't know, maybe a Jacob Lauco, maybe they flip, you know, one of their good players, but who isn't necessarily a core player moving forward. Maybe even a Jesper Bokvist. Maybe they're playing him right now to showcase him for a deal. Lauko perhaps 
is expendable. Um, you're not going to trade Matt Patra. You're not trading Fabian Lysel. You're not trading Mason Lorai. Probably not trading Georgie Merkulov. After that, it's pretty thin. What about John Beecher? Probably not trading him either. After that, it's pretty thin in terms of prospects and picks. So whether or not they should make changes, it's kind of related to can they make changes, and the options are pretty limited for the Bruins this season. It's going to be very interesting over the next month to see what happens around the NHL, how and if the Bruins respond. Uh, But their next chance at a response is Thursday against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll preview that game on tomorrow's podcast as well as update the power rankings. Uh, Please do follow Locked NHL Bruins and uh, please do subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Um, Apologies if I'm a bit distracted today. Uh, Some medical stuff going on here at the McLaren Ranch. Everything's going to be fine, but um, please just uh, throw up the misses in your your vibes and prayers today. Um, That's all I'll say about that. Anyways, thank you so much again for joining me. Please do take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.